This is Resident 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. How you doing? I'm Nick Hennigan and it's time for another slice of literary London. Oh, I. Hey, it's not been that long since the last one, but I've missed you. I really have. And this time we're celebrating the fact that uh, this day, uh, 6th of October, this week I should say, is National National Poetry Day in the United Kingdom and uh, uh, of Great Britain and all all of it really, National Poetry Day. Um, And so I thought, quite rightly, we'd focus on some poetry. Um, I'd also like to hear from you. If you're a poet or you've written a story, and we've been trying to work out the best way to do it, if you could record it uh, and then send it to me as a sound file via email, I'd love to be able to play some of your stuff on uh, Literary London. Also, of course, we're on bohemianbritain.com, our new website, which seems to be going rather swimmingly. Um, All sorts of stuff on there as well. So, yeah, if you've got a poem that you've written, and it doesn't matter how... I'm going to read you on mine in a minute. Yeah, that's how bad it can get. Uh, I'm going to read you a poem of mine in a minute just to start things off. And then we're going to hear some poems from very famous people and also some famous poems. I mean, I might have a little go at Shakespeare as well for you later. Hmm? Oh, I know you can hardly contain yourself. eh? And I don't blame you too. Uh, So, yes, if you have got a poem that you've written or a story, um, you know, it's literary London, but, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're outside London. eh? We're all artists in this world, aren't we? Yes, we are, Nick. Thank you. I thought we were. So, to celebrate National Poetry Week, I hope I can do this all right. It's actually written on my phone. This was written um, a few years ago about a girlfriend of mine. And it's actually titled Sally's Caravan, because that's where we were at the time. But anyway, see what you think. And as I say, if I can do it, anyone can. She floats on the beach, unaware of her beauty, the girl with the auburn gold hair. There's a carefree ball thrown for an orca dog too who froths with love for her there. The wind and the sea caresses her too with a raw and natural care. And her goodness is greater, her beauty intenser, for she has no idea it's all there. There you go, live a limerick. Let's have some proper poetry now. But as I say, don't forget, if you've got a poem or a song, well, that's a song, actually, that'd do as well, because we can play music. Certainly a poem, a song, or a story that you'd like me to feature, then do please um, record it and send it in an email to radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way of doing it. Radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. I'd love to hear from you. This um, This is fairly well known as well. Here among the long discarded cassocks, damp stools and half-split open cassocks, here where the vicar never looks, I nibble through old service books. Lean and alone I spend my days behind this church of England bays. I share my dark forgotten room with two oil lamps and half a broom. The cleaner never bothers me, so here I eat my frugal tea. My bread is sawdust mixed with straw. My jam is polish for the floor. Christmas and Easter may be feasts for congregations and for priests. And so may Whitson. All the same, they do not fill my meagre frame. For me, the only feast at all is Autumn's Harvest Festival. 
when I can satisfy my want with ears of corn around the font. I climb the eagle's brazen head to burrow through a loaf of bread. I scramble up the pulpit stair and gnaw the marrows hanging there. It is enjoyable to taste these items ere they go to waste. But how annoying when one finds that other mice with pagan minds come into church my food to share, who have no proper business there. Two field mice who have no desire to be baptised invade the choir. A large and most unfriendly rat comes in to see what we are at. He says he thinks there is no God, and yet he comes. It's rather odd. This year he stole a sheaf of wheat. It screened our special preacher's seat. And prosperous mice from fields away come in to hear our organ play, and under cover of its notes, et through the altar's sheaf of oats. A low church mouse who thinks that I am too papistical and high, yet somehow doesn't think it wrong to munch through harvest evensong, while I, who starve the whole year through, must share my food with rodents who, except at this time of the year, not once inside the church appear. Within the human world, I know, such goings-on could not be so. For human beings only do what their religion tells them to. They read the Bible every day and always night and morning pray and just like me, the good church mouse, worship each week in God's own house. But all the same, it's strange to me how very full the church can be with people I don't see at all. Except at Harvest Festival. The Diary of a Church Mouse by John Betjeman. And of course, um, brilliantly, marvellously read there by Martin Shaw, the actor Martin Shaw. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is uh, Literary London on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're also on BohemianBritain.com. And we're celebrating Poetry Week by, well, trying to encourage everyone to have a go. We've got some all very famous poems. Uh, but if you have got your own poem or story or even song lyrics then do record them, if you can, do them on your phone. I don't think it has, takes a lot, you know. And then just bung it to me in an email, radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk, uh, radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk, and I'll, uh, I'll play them out. And so, to encourage you, I've already read one of my little poems that I wrote. I also wrote some song lyrics a few years ago, and they were recorded by a Yugoslavian guy. I was, I was massive in Yugoslavia. I also remember him, Ziggy's good old boy. Um, I'm not sure what his on-air name was, uh, but I knew him. I knew him quite well. Um, I also heard him do, or a friend of mine heard him do a radio interview, saying he, this song is called Hollybank Road. Hollybank Road is a, 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 a it's where I was born, actually born and brought up on a council estate in in Birmingham, in South Birmingham. Um, and Hollybank Road. I was born at 154 uh, in the front bedroom, and was there till I left. Uh, well, yeah, I was, I was there till I was 16. And I got to know this girl there, so I wrote a little song. I'm not going to sing it for you because, uh, you know, it's his lyrics. And this is just the first verse and the chorus, just to encourage you to have a go. So this is called Hollybank Road. I smile and remember the years drift away. My memory's turning. It's like I was here yesterday. 
when I stood beside you and then held your face. I told you I loved you, and you said that you knew down on Hollybank Road. We were at school then, we were nearly 16. We'd walk on the common and talk by the swings. We laughed at the street side and kissed in the trees. You told me you loved me, and I said that I knew that time down Hollybank Road. And step by step, with you by my side, you showed me new wonders. You opened my eyes. But a sickness inside you had started to grow. But me, I remember those days of September down on Hollybank Road. Stop all the clocks. Cut off the telephone. Prevent the dog from barking with a juicy bone. Silence the pianos and with muffled drum bring out the coffin. Let the mourners come. Let aeroplanes circle moaning overhead scribbling on the sky the message he is dead. Put crepe bows round the white necks of the public doves. Let the traffic policemen wear black cotton gloves. He was my north, my south, my east and west, my working week and my Sunday rest, my noon, my midnight, my talk, my song. I thought that love would last forever. I was wrong. The stars are not wanted now. Put out everyone. Pack up the moon and dismantle the sun. Pour away the ocean and sweep up the wood. For nothing now can ever come to any good. On either side the river lie, long fields of barley and of rye that clothe the world and meet the sky, and through the field the road runs by to many-towered Camelot. And up and down the people go, gazing where the lilies blow, round an island there below, the island of Shalott. Willows whiten, aspens quiver, little breezes dusk and shiver, through the wave that runs forever, by the island in the river, flowing down to Camelot. Four grey walls and four grey towers overlook a space of flowers, and the silent isle embowers the Lady of Shalott. By the margin willow-veiled, slide the heavy barges trailed, by slow horses and unhailed, the shallop flitteth silken-sailed, skimming down to Camelot. But who hath seen her wave her hand, or at the casement seen her stand, or is she known on all the land, the Lady of Shalott? Only reapers reaping early, in among the bearded barley, hear a song that echoes cheerily from the river, winding clearly down to towered Camelot. And by the moon, the reaper weary, piling sheaves in uplands airy, listening, whispers, tis the fairy Lady of Shalott. 
There she weaves by night and day A magic web with colours gay She has heard a whisper say A curse is on her if she stay To look down to Camelot She knows not what the curse may be And so she weaveth steadily And little other care hath she The Lady of Shalott And moving through a mirror clear That hangs before her all the year Shadows of the world appear There she sees the highway near Winding down to Camelot there the river eddy whirls, and there the sully village churls, and the red cloaks of market girls pass onward from Shalott. Sometimes a troop of damsels glad, an abbot on an ambling pad, sometimes a curly shepherd lad, or long-haired page in crimson clad, goes by to towered Camelot. And sometimes through the mirror blue, the knights come riding two and two. She hath no loyal knight and true, the Lady of Shalott. But in her web she still delights to weave the mirror's magic sights, for often through the silent nights a funeral with plumes and lights and music went to Camelot. Or when the moon was overhead came two young lovers lately wed. I am half sick of shadows, said the Lady of Shalott. A bowshot from her bower eaves, he rode between the barley sheaves. The sun came dazzling through the leaves, and flamed upon the brazen greaves of bold Sir Lancelot. A red cross knight forever kneeled to a lady in his shield that sparkled on the yellow field beside remote Shalott. The gemmy bridle glittered free like to some branch of stars we see. Hung in the golden galaxy, the bridle bells rang merrily as he rode down to Camelot. And from his blazon baldric slung a mighty silver bugle hung, and as he rode his armour rung beside remote Shalott. All in the blue unclouded weather, thick jeweled shone the saddle leather, the helmet and the helmet feather burned like one burning flame together as he rode down to Camelot. As often through the purple night, below the starry clusters bright, some bearded meteor burning bright moves over still Shalott. His broad, clear brow in sunlight glowed, on burnished hooves his war-horse trode. From underneath his helmet flowed, his coal-black curls as on he rode, as he rode down to Camelot. From the bank and from the river, he flashed into the crystal mirror, Tirra-lirra by the river, sang Sir Lancelot. She left the web, she left the loom, she made three paces through the room. She saw the water lily bloom, she saw the helmet and the plume, she looked down to Camelot. Out flew the web and floated wide, the mirror cracked from side to side. The curse has come upon me, cried the Lady of Shalott. In the stormy east wind straining, the pale yellow woods were waning, the broad stream in his banks complaining, heavily the low sky raining over towered Camelot. Down she came and found a boat beneath a willow left afloat, and around about the prow she wrote the Lady of Shalott. And down the river's dim expanse, like some bold seer in a trance, seeing all his own mischance, with a glassy countenance, did she look to Camelot. And at the closing of the day, she loosed the chain, and down she lay. The broad stream bore her far away, the Lady of Shalott, lying robed in snowy white that loosely flew to left and right. The leaves upon her falling light, through the noises of the night, she floated down to Camelot. And as the boathead wound along the willowy hills and fields among, they heard her singing her last song, the Lady of Shalott. Heard a carol, 
mournful, holy, chanted loudly, chanted lowly, till her blood was frozen slowly, and her eyes were darkened wholly, turned to towered Camelot. For ere she reached upon the tide, the first house by the waterside, singing in her song, she died, the Lady of Shalott. Under tower and balcony, by garden wall and gallery, a gleaming shape she floated by, dead pale between the houses high, silent into Camelot. Out upon the wharfs they came, knight and burgher, lord and dame, and around the prow they read her name, the Lady of Shalott. Who is this, and what is here? And in the lighted palace near, died the sound of royal cheer, and they crossed themselves for fear, all the knights at Camelot. But Lancelot mused a little space. He said, she has a lovely face. God in his mercy lend her grace, the Lady of Shalott. This is Resonance 104.4 FM. We're also on, of course, bohemianbritain.com. I'm Nick Hennigan. Nick Hennigan. And it's Literary London. And we're celebrating this week National Poetry Day by, well, you know, sharing some poems with you, including my rather bad ones. Uh, and I'm encouraging you as well, if you've written a poem or uh, if you've got a song that you've recorded yourself or uh, certainly a story, then uh, try and record it. Just knock it off on your phone or, you know, get someone to record it for you and then bung it off to me in an email and we'll try and clean them up and then we'll play them. Sounds easy, doesn't it? Do it. Do it, England. Yeah, so <laughs> radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk is probably the best address. Email radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Um, <clears throat> well, we can't do poetry, can we? <clears throat> Clear the throat time. We can't do poetry without a little bit of the bard. The Swan of Avon. I've got an idea for a show I'm going to do an adaptation. Uh, you may or may not know I've written one or two uh, adapted Shakespeare for smaller audiences and hopefully more accessible productions. Uh, my first one was Rich, uh, Henry V, Henry V, Lion of England. Uh, then I did a thing called Hamlet Horatio's Tale uh, with uh, Sir Derek Jacobi as the voice of the ghost. God bless him. Um, and then I did a, a four-person footballing version of Romeo and Juliet, which was a five-star hit at the Edinburgh Festival. And I got in my head a Richard III that I was going to do, and I probably will still do it. So this is me motivating myself. But of course, one of the most famous speeches, I think, perhaps in Shakespeare, it's... Uh, Richard of Gloucester's murderous assistance. With Richard of Gloucester's murderous assistance, his family's attained the power that Richard so eagerly sought. And yet Richard feels more marginalised than ever in this moment of his brother Edmund's, uh, Edward's triumph. Uh, so this is the opening speech, of course, from Richard III. Now is the winter of our discontent made glorious summer by this son of York. And all the clouds that loud upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. Now are our brows bound with victorious wreaths, our bruised arms hung up for monuments, our stern alarms chained to merry meetings, our dreadful marches to delightful measures. Grim visaged war hath smoothed his wrinkled front, and now Instead of mounting barbed steeds to fright the souls of fearful adversaries, 
he capers nimbly in a lady's chamber to the lascivious pleasing of a lute. But I, that am not shaped for sportive tricks, nor made to court an amorous looking glass, I, that am rudely stamped and want love's majesty, to strut before a wanton ambling nymph, I, that am curtailed of this fair proportion, cheated of feature by dissembling nature, deformed, unfinished, sent before my time into this breathing world, scarce, scarce half made up, and that so lamely and unfashionable that dogs bark at me as I halt by them, why I, in this weak, piping time of peace, have no delight to pass away the time, unless to spy my shadow in the sun and descant on mine own deformity. And therefore... Since I cannot prove a lover to entertain these fair, well-spoken days, I am determined to prove a villain and hate the idle pleasures of these days. Plots have I laid, inductions dangerous by drunken prophecies, libels and dreams to set my brother Clarence and the king in deadly hate, the one against the other. And if King Edward be as true and just as I am subtle, false and treacherous, this day should Clarence closely be mewed up about a prophecy which says that G of Edward's heirs the murderer shall be. Boo hiss. <laughs> Richard III. Had I the heavens embroidered cloths, inwrought with golden and silver light, the blue and the dim and the dark cloths of night, and light and the half-light, I would spread the cloths under your feet, but I, being poor, have only my dreams. I have spread my dreams under your feet. Tread softly, because you tread on my dreams. Ah, that's lovely, isn't it? Yes. W.B. Yeats, of course, and he wishes for the cloths of heaven. Read by Lenny James. And um, you may know, and if you don't, then go to bohemianbritain.com. There is, I think it's the first, it was a, a new artwork that was unveiled a few weeks ago in Chiswick in uh, West London, which is where I kind of hang out. Um, it's arguably the most uh, writerly place in London, certainly, according to one of the newspapers, because of the very famous writers that uh, have lived there. Uh, and thanks to Cahal Dalat, who's a, an Irish poet who lives in uh, Bedford Park, he did a fantastic job fundraising to commission a brand new artwork, uh, which is based on that poem, He Wishes for the Cloths of Heaven. Um, and it's uh, it's quite remarkable. And you can see it outside, if you come out of Stanford Brook Tube Station, turn right, uh, sorry, turn them green rather, come out, turn them green, turn right towards the church and you'll see it there. Um, and if you can't make it, if you're living elsewhere in the world, or when hello, 
Hello, America. Hello to Kathy in California, by the way. I heard from her. I haven't heard from Kathy in California for a while, but she sent me an email. Hope you're well. Still listening on the beach, she says. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, if you, can't, if you can't actually get to West London, then do have a listen on bohemianbritain.com. I took a little microphone along and I recorded the whole event. It takes, lasts about an hour. There's the Archbishop of Canterbury as well. The former Archbishop of Canterbury does a talk. There's the uh, ambassador from the new ambassador from the Irish uh, embassies there gives a bit of a chat. Cal How does. There's bits of music, the children reading poetry. It was kind of a lovely, a lovely event. And I, I literally didn't edit it. So it's all in there, warts and all, which I think makes it feel a bit more, you know, real. Mm. So talking of real, we're celebrating National Poetry Day. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Resonance uh, 104.4 FM. And of course, bohemianbritain.com. And uh, oh, yeah, this is a bit of a classic, isn't it? If a little bit do me, it's a classic. Bent double, like old beggars under sacks. Knock-kneed, coughing like hags we cursed through sludge. Till on the haunting flares we turned our backs. And towards our distant rest began to trudge. Men marched asleep. Many had lost their boots but limped on, bloodshod. All went lame all blind, drunk with fatigue, deaf even to the hoots of disappointed shells that dropped behind. Gas! Gas, quick boys! An ecstasy of fumbling, fitting the clumsy helmets just in time. But someone still was yelling out and stumbling and floundering like a man in fire or lime, dim through the misty panes and thick green light, as under a green sea I saw him drowning. In all my dreams, before my helpless sight, he plunges at me, guttering, choking, drowning. If in some smothering dreams you too could pace behind the wagon that we flung him in, and watch the white eyes writhing in his face, his hanging face, like a devil sick of sin, if you could hear, at every jolt, the blood come gargling from the froth-corrupted lungs, obscene as cancer, bitter as the cud of vile, incurable sores on innocent tongues. My friend, you would not tell with such high zest to children ardent for some desperate glory. The old lie, dolce et decorum est, pro patria mori. Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 7, and of course, Dulcius Decorum Est by Wilfred Owen, read rather beautifully there by Ben Wishaw. And I suppose we ought to really then finish off with this after that. This is Last Post by Carol Ann Duffy.
In all my dreams, before my helpless sight, he plunges at me, guttering, choking, drowning. If poetry could tell it backwards, true, begin. That moment shrapnel scythed you to the stinking mud, but you get up, amazed, watch bled bad blood run upwards from the slime into its wounds. See lines and lines of British boys rewind back to their trenches, kiss the photographs from home. Mothers, sweethearts, sisters, younger brothers, not entering the story now, to die and die and die. Dulce, no, decorum, no, pro patria mori. You walk away, you walk away, drop your gun, fixed bayonet, like all your mates do too. Harry, Tommy, Wilfred, Edward, Bert, and light a cigarette. There's coffee in the square, warm French bread, and all those thousands dead are shaking dried mud from their hair and queuing up for home, freshly alive. A lad plays Tipperary to the crowd, released from history, the glistening healthy horses fit for heroes, kings. You lean against a wall, your several million lives still possible, and crammed with love, work, children, talent, English beer, good food. You see the poet took away his pocketbook and smile. If poetry could truly tell it backwards, then it would. The Last Post by Carol Ann Duffy. So we've been celebrating National Poetry Week and that's it. I'll see you next time. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Resonance 104.4 FM.